Black who's going to go for it. Black for the one point to win the grand final. He's done it. Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking the Facts of Life, sponsored by Eclipse Energy, uh, your weekly rugby league podcast with just a hint of Halifax rugby league about it. Uh, joining me as always is producer extraordinaire, Mr. Rick Farrell. How are you doing? You are the wave. <laughs> uh, and it's a family affair this week. Uh, joining us is uh, old friend of the show, Mr. Richard Brewster. Uh, and oh, yeah. Little lad, Ryan yeah. Brewster. Hello. Yeah. How are you both doing? Yeah, we're still here, still sane. <laughs> we, me, me, us three have got our lockdown scared heads going on. Um, Rick is just covering his up. Covering it up, yeah. Doing bad like that. Um, we're not coming to talk about lockdown and haircuts. We talked about weird stuff about rugby league. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. So let's treat our guest with the respect he deserves. Ryan Brewster, jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, master of hopefully one, because hopefully we'll get to see in the blue and white of Halifax as well as the blue and white of Siddle in the future. Um, you've got a very, very privileged position out of all of us, really. You get to see the game at a very, very interesting vantage point as a ball boy at the moment. Yeah. Um, what's that like? How did you get into it? Well, I was, at, I was watching a reserve game uh, against St. Helens, I think, a couple of years ago now, and then... They were a bit short, short on ball boys, and Sean Robbery asked me to um, just to help out, and ever since then, I've just all the way. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like being right on the sideline in the middle of a middle of a game, middle of a tough championship game? Well, it's good because you can hear like um, what the players actually saying to the referee, uh, what what they're saying to the like to the uh, players, opposition. Muzz is always giving. Math not to each other and everything. Just... <laughs> yeah. And did you hear what Brandon Moore said to the referee? The, the, was it was it the York game at the end of last season? <laughs> I was too far away for that one. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, for the best. Probably. Family podcast. Literally a family podcast this week. Um, so can you can you hear and feel the hits as they go in and stuff like yeah. that? As, as you like, you can hear the smack and you just you just go all right. And do you feel a little bit of pressure? Have you ever got abuse off players for being a bit slow and giving the ball back? I know that there's been stories of, let's just say, home ball boys being tactical and giving the ball back. Well, match officials are always strict, to be honest, because like sometimes I tell you before a game, you've got to do the right stuff. It's just they got to follow the rules, otherwise, just yeah, but you did. You did walk up to a player what, in a quick return and just put the ball at his oh, feet and walked off, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> that always makes me laugh where, like, apparently that's what you're supposed to do. My dad always says, ball boys have to put the ball on the top line, that's it. But you see it every week. If it's a home player, you pass it straight to him. If it's a way mm. player, you know mm. that. You don't have to pass it to him. You have to put it down. You have to. Yeah. You, you can't. So, if Scott Morell comes up to you and goes, pass it all, you want me to literally put it back. Oh, yeah, but I remember, I remember Adam always used to tell me, slow it down, or, or depending on what score it is, he'll just tell me to slow it down, or something like that. <laughs> Part of the squad? Yeah. Hey, can't have, can't have a game without balls. All no. boys, all girls can't do the job, then, then, then that's there. Um, you also do the scoreboard as well, along with your, your old man. 
Well, we've not done that for a couple of years now. Um, oh. We did it, and then they got the electrical one. Well, they, they found someone more qualified, I think. There was that, yeah. He could, he could add up. Um, so, <laughs> to keep out the job, really. And they've also got more than three number twos now. Because the entire time I did it, I was dreading again getting to 22 apiece. It never <laughs> happened, right? It never happened, but there was only three number twos. And now and again, again, the 18, 22-18, right? And I'll be thinking, oh, shit, what can happen that one? That's where, <laughs> I'd be like, oh no, what happens now? If we put a try over and tie as a as a blip and not kick it for whatever reason, right? What am I going to do? Can you imagine if it were like the 22 was made up of two drop goals as well, so you have to have two in the. The five foot little twos and little red ones, but the big black ones, yeah, there was only three of them. So it, Which was the game where you had a bit of a, a hiccup and, and might have. I remember that one. Is oh, it was, was it shit? Oh. Did you tell a papa? No, 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 the South Stand chanted to get the, the score changed. Well, the other day it was it raining, so I went and sat in the uh, skirt coat and I didn't put the conversion, I just went and sat down. <laughs> so, but then another you, time, right? Another time, I, I, didn't, I, I got away with it actually, but I um, I was saying something to tell a papa about something, I think when he was at Sheffield. Because he said it was a flop and you were like, 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 Carry on, right? It starts mouthing off at me. Next minute, Tyra sets off down the pitch with ball. I just sort of went, he was like, just took off after me. <laughs> and every time he came near to me, he was having a right go at me about it. And at the end of the game, he was having a sort of silent, having a go at me. It was bloody uh, Adam Robinson and Melky, and all the make sure I'm not about to get my head taken off. Cause... <laughs> but um, yeah, funny. It's, yeah, you do hear stuff down there. Um, yeah. Tommy Saxton were great when he was playing on wing because he used to. Um, He'd do tackle count for the team. I think Will Sharp did it as well. You'd hear him shouting out tackles. Just tackle, second tackle. Yeah. Thought. Yeah, he'd make sure they could hear. Because they were... He'd keep count because he was always stood on the edge hiding the tackle. And all he'd ask was how long is left, how long is left. Well, Contact asked me what time it is. Like, you yeah. know, those who want to get over something. I don't think he had a tag or something. But... <laughs> what time is it? How long we not left? What time is it? What... <laughs> I bet you hear all sorts, which... Yes, because it's it's not necessarily the a youth certificate podcast is this, but um, <laughs> I just bet you hear all sorts on on the field. Oh, you, you did, yeah. I mean, you did. It's interesting. Ian Linesman talking to referee half at time as well, because if you tell yeah. referee someone's offside, and you're thinking, well, why is he not doing anything about it? <laughs> be like seven's offside, seven's offside, seven makes a tackle, carries on. All the advantages of having a, 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 a dad as a Qualified match officials, I know all that those geeky stuff. Yeah. One watches the line, the other one watches the attack. <laughs> if they don't cross the corner flag, they don't give them the try. I mean, that sounds nothing like that, by the way, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> that, what annoys me about referees and linesmen is, right, is they've got linesmen, assistant referees, touches, whatever you want to call them, right, whatever they call this season, they're there to help. And you, you sometimes, you see a referee, you can speak to them, get their opinion, ask them what they've seen. You see another referee, they might have a over there. You know, right. you know, he'll wait by the he'll wait by the corner flag because he's seen something, he's not giving the try. Referee goes and gives the try. Don't even speak to him. At That's least go and speak want, to him. As rugby league fans, all we ever want is consistency in decisions. Yeah. Consistency. I don't I don't mind if you get a ref who's who makes mistakes, who's rubbish, but as long as they're consistent for both teams and 
and that sort of thing, then I don't mind that. It's um, inconsistent in the way they, they actually come about the outcome. It's just the way that you make decisions. Like you say, there's certain types of refs that don't want the linesman's input. They're there to just do maybe one job or two jobs. And then you get some that maybe the younger ones with the older linesmen that really need the input. So I'd just like to see just the way that they, they run a game um, maybe looked at across a spectrum rather than just them having their own individual styles as referee. Because how, how many sports in the world do we know where we've got one sport and is there like four sets of rules? Five sets of rules? Yeah, like it that. is. And, and it's, it's very timely is because earlier on today, whichever day it is that we record the podcast, um, the NRL have um, released a new set of rules for this season where they're going back to one referee. They were, the, some might say, pioneers of having two referees on the field. Um in, in to hopefully to is it cost is it give more power to referees? I don't know. What what are your guys' thoughts? But I've I personally never played with two referees because I'm not doing down there. But I'd, I'd have thought that like before talking on the air, Ryan actually said that a lot of the dark arts which go on to play the ball, which are sometimes missed by one referee over here, you don't necessarily see over in the NRL. So it's. It's a strange one, really. What, what are your guys' thoughts on, on, on that change? Is, is it, do you reckon it's more, as you say, Rick, is it to bring it more into line of the game just having one set of rules? Maybe it's to do with the participation numbers of match officials. Let's face it, we're mm. not queuing up to, uh, to all take part ourselves, are we? So it, it's no. hard to Why find. Why would you? Quality. Yeah, exactly. So look, well, what it, designs on moving to two match officials? It's like two on field referees in this country, but it went quiet. I never actually missed, I must have missed the announcement that they weren't going to do it. Like I say, it's got to be a numbers thing. It's got to be a numbers. But again, the the officials don't get the protection that they deserve because the year the story, what what was it, where was it the the wife of a or girlfriend of a match official came out and said of what happened at one nameless ground or, or whatever, where they chased him back to his car or something and, oh, it's and, and that's not, did you yeah. see that, um, I'm not sure if it were new somewhere he's, he's driving out of the ground and they're all banging on his car and stuff. yeah yeah that, that was that was what happened as I say it's it's a tricky one you say how are you going to attract people to, to, to do something I can't believe they don't do ex-players made lads that have been respected yeah they've, they've tried it haven't they and you know but Jamie Bloom got this illusion we lose that many match officials under shady circumstances. Um, it's a shady business. That, there was that lad, um, what's he called now? Yeah, Ginger A. Stop. Uh, yeah, he, he left and he went, I'm leaving because of bombed at the RFL. He, he, he made some accusations and that. I can't remember the exact. Yeah. But a number of referees have walked, no, they've walked away from the game because they've had problems within the RFL. So they can't look after them there. You know, Jamie Bloom, when he left, he, he made all sorts of comments on that, which got a yeah. lot of press. Um, uh, who you know, was the young lad that who took his own life? Uh, oh, Leather Barrel. Yeah. As well. And it was, I mean, it's it's such a sad... Yeah. You don't yeah. know, I, I don't you know don't it's related to, to, to the actual refereeing and stuff. He might have had other demons going on, but it's, it's very, very tricky getting young people in. But... The tide's turning, really, because you look at Caitlin Beavers, the young um, Leeds lass, 
nominated for young sports personality of the year. She's she's a match fish. I couldn't I couldn't believe it when I saw on the screen. I think it was West Skull and game. Then she was touch judging. And it's like you know, as well. Um, I've always said right. You go back twenty years. When believers becoming professional, the referees were probably forty fifty years old. They were yeah. They were, they were there's no respect to a current referee, but they were men, right? Men of a certain age who been doing it 20 years. They knew it in and out. You couldn't get away with anything because they'd said it a hundred times. Whereas nowadays, you've got people a damn sight younger than us yeah. who are almost doing Super League, right? And they can, read, they, can, they, can, they can dictate the rule book to you. They can tell you all the rules, technical, but actually policing it because... Yeah, it's, it's the social to... side of actually controlling groups of men in that yeah. kind of scenario when you're battering into each other. Isn't it? The best refs I always had were the ones that that laid down the letter of the law, it were the ones that knew when it were time to pull the captains in, when it were time to calm it down. Go back to school, right? You know, the authoritarian yeah. teachers, the ones, the ones who you were scared of, but they could make you behave were the older teachers because they knew how to talk to you. They, they'd sit, you, couldn't, you couldn't put one over their eyes, you couldn't trick them because they said it a hundred times. Whereas the younger ones, yeah. you used to get away with murder. I, when I was younger, um, I'm not blowing me on Trump here, but I got county trials for both league and union. Um, at league, we had a seminar with James, James Child. He was a young up-and-coming referee. And it was all about respect the ref. And it was awesome. It was so boring. You just all do this, do this. On the union side of things, the, the referees had personalities. Like you look at Nigel Owens and stuff like that, and, and, and other referees there. You look at the one that's that's yes, yeah, the one who said this is not soccer. As um, I like, you actually you have to have a laugh with him and going through a game, you need you, and there was more respect because you could actually have a, a conversation and stuff. And the referees would say, "Look, I knew you were going to do this, but it's still a penalty. Don't do it again." Rather, uh, league it seems it seems to be. Robotical egomaniacs, really. But again, it's it's a strange one. But again, it, it comes from the top. You, arguably, the biggest robotical egomaniac is the one that's right at the top in Ganson. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, a good referee. You don't know who's refereeing the game at the end of it because you haven't seen them. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. only notice a referee if he's either blowing the whistle constantly, which sometimes that's down to the teams. Right? If it's a nitty, if it's a nitty game, there's another bit fitting. Fair enough. But if he's blowing up on trivial things or getting stuff wrong, you know who that referee is. Yeah. Whereas, you don't want, you don't you want know, those sort of games. Like, the referee we, is anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's, it, it, and you're absolutely right. It's the, it's the team's fault. If, if referee's const, constantly blowing for penalties all the time, it's the team's fault. If he set his stall out for what he's looking for, like... When I when I were playing under 18s rugby and, and, and uni rugby and stuff, we'd always say first ten minutes, let's te- let's test out the ref. Yeah. Let's, let's let's hold down a little bit longer. Let's put in some high hard tackles after after a kicker kicks ball going for. Let's see what he's going to penalise, and then you dictate the game from that. But and you get referees to so, right. I'm not having this. I'm not having that. The other. Whereas well, now it seems a bit grey. I don't know what it was like when you were playing, but there's a figure at the minute, whenever we go and play in all. Black and white, I think. No, whenever, whenever Ryan yes. goes and plays in all, you hear, if you get a whole ref, you'll get nothing. If you're not yeah. a whole team, you'll get nothing from them, right? 
And I get that because they are. We went and played, uh, no, not before school, who was it, Westall? Westall. Played Westall in a friendly a few years ago, right? And the referee gave them everything. Siddle still won. Siddle have had a bit of quit, uh, quite a rivalry with uh, Westall, haven't they, over the years? It, it, it opened age, definitely. Um, so this referee gave them everything, right? But Siddle still won. The Westall were apparently unbeaten at this point. Yeah, not, not who they've been playing against. Went over a few months later to play Skirtle. Um and obviously that no friendly before the cup game obviously Skirlow's like you go past Hull and keep going you almost fall into the North Sea you can see tulips in the distance right that's how far it is and um, we get there and there's bloke there and he welcomes us and that shows his dressing room we thought it was someone from Skirlow he was a referee right lovely fella Skirlow turned up saw him didn't have a good word to say about him he could not stand him it was like well he's meant to be on your side and he's a whole ref oh he won't be on our side he hates us <laughs> <laughs> and then but to be fair the biggest argument Skirlo had right they were about this was about 36 nil down in the first half and they were arguing about it being a 30 minute half not a 25 minute half and I'm like if 30 nil down do you really want to play any longer than you need to? <laughs> and they were screaming and he's like no they're 25 minutes and they were like no we're, we're playing for 30 we're playing for 30 we were just like we'll, we'll do whatever <laughs> <laughs> What's the standard of refereeing like playing nowadays, Ryan? As the only active rugby league player out of the, out of the four of us, what would you say is it? Is it like are they are they good with you? Do they interact well with you? You know, are they training the young lads better than we've seen maybe some of the previous ones? I mean, uh, <clears throat> there's quite a few good ones. Like, there's this uh, lad who uh, refers against them and and then. Uh, it was good. He made that fair. Like he was uh, fair between both teams. He, he'd give the right decisions. And then a couple of weeks later, we saw him uh, with uh, refing Leeds under 16 versus um, New South Wales. Yeah. You know that tour inside that came across. Ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that game for under 16s. He's a good ref. He's about what, about 21, 22. Um, but he's a good. He's a good ref. <clears throat> I think someone said he still plays as well. I don't know about that. I think he plays somewhere in Huddersfield, but. He'll, he'll go places if he wants to. So, you know, you know, at the end of that game at Edinburgh, right, everyone said he'd been a brilliant ref, and it was, it was a bit of a feisty game because half it's little kids go to school at Edinburgh kids and that. So they oh, to say, it's a local rivalry. Yeah, you know, you've always got a bit of bad blood on that. And Edinburgh and Siddle are two evenly matched teams. You know, they, they have some really good games. They're always close. Tempers can flare a bit. And you know, but referee, he nipped it in the bud straight away. He goes, Right, he put, he sat two down for 10 minutes. He says, Right, that's it now. You've had your fun, play rugby. Yeah. And they got on with it. And because he got, and, but I've seen other games. When, now, this is, for me, this is the referee's not been looked after. He went to a game at Hunslet against um, Hunslet Club. Hunslet Warriors. Hunslet Warriors, sorry, yeah. Getting mixed up next door to each other. Went there, right, and this young girl turned up. It was a boy. Oh, she was a girl, this one. This one was like, oh, the the the, the Hums of Warriors were fight that was he, he was useless. But the, this one, right? So this young girl turns up to referee the game. Oh yeah. And it's fairly close game. And she's giving some really strange decisions and coaches are really getting her. Oh, I remember, I remember. And someone came over and said to coaches, Look, lads, it's it's the first game. It's the first game she's done. She's only just qualified, it's the first game. Don't give her any more flack. We'll write to the league about it. So they sent this girl down, right, who didn't really know what she was doing. She passed the course, but she had no further support. There was no one there with her to help her. Wow. And Shocking, she was man. out of the depth doing an under-13s under game with, between two good sides. And it worked. 
I did feel sorry for her because she was getting a lot of jip off parents, players, everyone. And she was losing control of the game. So that's when Coach has got the players and says, look, you know, go easy on her. Let her referee it. She does something strange. Then it got, and they wrote to the league. I don't know what they come back with. They probably just got told to stop play. They got fined. But, you know, but that, you know, what support is there for these referees once they've qualified other than here's a whistle, here's some cards, get off down there on a Saturday? Yeah. Like, on on Radio Shalai, they had quite a lot of people from, like, junior clubs and stuff. And, like, the first thing that they promote is learning the game. It's kind of, there's no kind of pressure to win perform, And it's, it's all about a learning process where you know the game. If you're good enough, that's where you pick up and you take your three or four and that sort of thing. Surely, match officials should be given that same, that same, that same support. Like in, if you're refereeing junior games, then yeah, you're gonna make mistakes. All officials make mistakes. We're all human at the, at the end of the day. But, but uh, surely, you, if it's someone's first game, someone should go with them. Yeah, like support more it than should be kind of known at the start, really, like before the game's even kicked off. So look, first game. But no, it's, it's it's a strange one. Maybe maybe we need to come back to it. Maybe we need to get a, an official on the on the podcast. Maybe maybe my old man might. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Um, let's go back to you, Ryan, because obviously young player making his way through the game playing, but Siddle possibly one of the best amateur clubs in the country. Um, how how we find it? What you get into that age now where you could be picked up by by certain clubs or whatever? What? What are your goals and aspirations moving forward? And think very carefully about your answer right here. <laughs> I mean, I just want to get like stronger, just get yeah. stronger and fitter, just progress like through like as the years go on. Mm. I just want to just have more progress and stuff like that. I mean, they're very lucky at some right. They've got some great facilities. They built that. They built the pit, which is like the wrestling gym. Um, I've seen them in that. I'm, I, I've been in once with the boys. I'm not going down again. I'm scared. They, they just look <laughs> at each other. Genuinely, they're in there, right? They're in there, the ball. I don't know why they bother. They just want to knock me out of one another. So I went in, looked at them, I thought, no, I'm not hanging about. I'm not being responsible if someone gets hurt and I left. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, they've got some um, some great coaches. Um, Keith Mason, actually. Um, since they've had lockdown, I've had a bit of train. He's doing some videos for kids because obviously he's a personal trainer by trade. So he's been doing videos at workouts the kids can do at home and that and putting them out on WhatsApp and that. So, which is, you know, it's great because he's on, his son only joined the club recently, but he's really, you know, he's got involved in that and he's helping out there. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the media training at Siddle as well, then that were a perfect answer by Ryan to not commit to any particular one club. And yeah, club. I like that. Love it. As vague as Boris Johnson, I love it. If you'd have asked me at 14 year old what I want to do, I'd be like, we're playing Five Facts, we'll do it now. Who do you fancy South Sydney or Roosters? Yeah. Uh, I like South Sydney. Go on, lads, shoot for the stars. That that is the best thing to say. It's a a very, very good answer because being at Siddle, the spotlight will be on you because they say massive massive amateur club i wanted to make a point i'd love to know the stats of players that have gone through that have stuck with the game all the way through the system that have turned professional yeah it's absolutely ridiculous or i've gone to academies 
at some point. I bet, I bet it's astronomical. If you went out of academies in there, it'd be, it'd be ridiculously big. If you just go for playing Super League, it's still a high number. Um, yeah. You go to Stanley, um, in their entrance, they've got like a wall of fame. And that is players who played pros and come through the club. And there's about 40 names on that, but it can't be, it can't be complete. There's no way it's complete when you think Stanley's going to be years. No chance. Remember, it won't, in fact, it was Ryan's, was Ryan's first game when he pl- first joined Siddle, played over at Stanley. And um, we were there reading this thing. I said, oh, I thought Jerry Peacock played here. Because nah. I said, yeah, Jerry Peacock played. Ryan turned around and stood behind him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, there's some great clubs. There really is. But, you know, it's... It's how they're going to keep going because you know the academies now. It's only Super League, and I mean Siddle, right? Siddle's view is their youth is their academy. They're yeah. developing players for the first team. That's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's how it should be. And they accept, they accept that you know players are going to get picked up and go and play pro. They'll never stand in the way of that because you know they can make money out of it. Why not? But Siddle, their ethos is we're training these kids to play at our first team and the adults. Absolutely right. You know, but then you get late developers. Weren't Chester Butler playing for Siddle Open Age when he got? Yeah. Well, um, Tom, uh, Tom, Tom, no, not Tom Allroyd. Allroyd. Oh, oh, for, for Leeds. Is he no, Leeds? no, he's no, one of us at now. Um, Garrett, Garrett, Garrett. Oh, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. Garrett, he, um, his parents taught me at school. Tom's twenty-four and he signed his first pro deal last year at Jewsbury. He mm. never played pro before. He played rugby as a kid, he played at Siddle, a couple of other teams and that, and he was at first team at Siddle, and it was when Greenwood went to Dewsbury, off of a deal. And, you know, so, you know that, that is a late developer, 24 years old, signing your first pro deal. And John Martin as well, because he um, came through Siddle, uh, when he left Alden, came back to Siddle, and then went to Dewsbury. Yeah, he played against Toronto in that cup game, didn't he? Yeah. 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 I like Martin, but he played. I think he played one first team Super Eights game. Salford on there, and this and they scored on his first attempted tackle. They went straight through him like he weren't even there. But um, yeah. you were mentioning Dewsbury, and I, I know it's a bit of a sombre note, but have you guys seen the news today? Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, young Adrian, twenty-four, died. Yeah, cancer. He died. I want it. Cancer at twenty-four, man. So Watson. Yeah, Anything love to Dewsbury Rams if any of them happen to be watching or anyone knows any anyone over yeah. there send them love it's a it's a hard time for all I'm sure another one yeah and also I can't remember if we've mentioned it on previous ones but Jordan Cox as well yeah, yeah. he's got, I don't, don't know how yeah. why he he's, he he went but it's anyway was it 27 shocking 20 27 or something not like that yeah 27 28 yeah. no age no age at all um, well, yeah, on, on that sub note, yeah. we'll, 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 we've talked about yeah. it. Well, well, yeah, we'll say, kind of, let's go back to Siddle, because we say, oh, well, let's go back to Siddle. We'll do that in the second part. So um, we're going to have a little wet our whistle, put 50p in a metre, and we'll be back on the other side. Hello, welcome to the second part of Talking the Facts of Life, sponsored by Eclipse Energy. Um, with <laughs> uh, with myself and Rick this week it's a family affair we've got father and son combination Richard and Ryan Brewster um, we were talking in the first part about 
all things Siddle, and um, it gives me Rick and uh, it's weird calling you Richard. I'll just call you Brew. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> never feel that ever. It's just because we're just having a right go at me, which is quite often. <laughs> It, they just remind, they remind me of Hyacinth Bouquet. Richard! <laughs> Even your parents don't call me Richard. <laughs> no one I really calls me on a Sunday. Except your mum. Your mum calls you Michael. Every yeah, day. yeah. Let's get off that. Well, let's get off that, shall we? If your mum calls you Hagen, that would be weird. Yeah. He's it, strange. I've been called all I've got, I've got like letters to the post which just said here, Gion, which is weird. But anyway, <laughs> well, um, I, I, I've made a right bother because me and Ryan have got the same middle name. We've both got middle name James. So when the post comes down, Mr. R. James Richard. Right? <laughs> I didn't think that through, did I? I really didn't think that through. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, let's say us three uh, remember the old Siddle Clubhouse. Um, that it is the is it is it still called the reactive. Clubhouse no, or, or whatever it is. Now, it, it was CWC Park when they were sponsored. I don't know if it still is. Right. ADD main club sponsor now. I don't know if they've got some sort of... I don't think they've got name in the anymore. I think it's just chilling. Yeah. But there's fantastic facilities, brand new clubhouse. I remember playing the old Siddle Clubhouse, which seemed about four, four or five miles from the pitch they were playing on. And then the old communal bath... <laughs> The old dirty communal bath, if you've been watching. Point of Siddle, didn't you? I used to, yeah. I remember when I was a young boy playing up at uh, YMCA at Huddersfield, they had the old bath. And you'd all be in bath, and then there'd be some old man just come in and start bothering naked. Everyone had the shorts on, and some old bloke would come in with nothing on. And you were like 10 years old, you didn't need to see it. I, I know the different times back then, but, <laughs> you know, put your shell suit back on, for God's sake, Jimmy. <laughs> Stranger. I just remember, I just remember because it always rained up at Silla, always muddy and stuff. Getting into the bath, coming out, and you still were filthy. Yeah, like, it was a point of exercise then baths. It was just very, very strange, really. And that's I've still have a shower when I got home and stuff. But I always remember, like you mentioned, like the walk, walk fame standing. Like, I always remember going to Silla Clubhouse and seeing um, Ben Beavers, Wembley shirt. They've yeah. got, um, they've still got Mick Scott's Wembley shirt in there. Have they? Yeah. Um, I think they've got his losing one from the following year as well. Yeah, they did. They, I always remember they had the, the, next to Ben Beaver's one, they had the Wiggins shirt as well. And, yes, and the Wiggins shirt from the 88 final as well. Just weird memories like that. I, I didn't play for those sort of prestigious clubs. <laughs> I like, like all these clubs when you go in, they've got all shirts on the wall, you know, you look at all these players, you know who the players are, but they've mm. got, you know, the fact that they'll hang their shirts in the clubhouse, you know, Simon Griggs is Ivan shirt, Simon or Scott, one at two, you know, yeah. um, I think one of Simon Griggs' cup final shirts in the clubhouse. Um, Just sort of start one, you? There's loads of players, they all play different, you've got, um, like some England schoolboy shirts, Luke Robinson's, uh, Johnny Lawless's mm. England schoolboy shirts up. Um, well, it should be, it, you know, it gives gives the young players something to aspire to. Look, this place is a centre of excellence, and this definitely if you listen to your coaches and you work hard and you believe in what we're trying to do. Then you could have your name on the back of a shirt up here. Uh, they should have every professional player that's made it somewhere on that. 
plaque. Do you know what I really, really like when you when um, representative honours uh, are announced and you announce a squad or a team? It actually says like that the club played with. Yeah, so, um, like, they have a round in Australia, I'm sure, where the players all wear their amateur socks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot in the NRL the past couple of years. I know barbarians. I know barbarians to wear clubs club socks if you play for barbars and that book. No. <laughs> it's just it's just always funny because like it's like I'm gonna name drop again. I I played my a lot of my amateur rugby with Jermaine McGilvery and it's really weird where you can see like everywhere it's like Siddle and Wigginson Pats and Standing Lorraine's wherever you see next to Jermaine McIlvrick, Deaton, Deaton, <laughs> he's not been there for 20 years and that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good that they've got that link there. And you're, you're absolutely right what you're saying. It's, does it inspire you, Ryan, when you, when you, when you walk along the, the, the corridors and see those shirts there thinking, the next five or so years, that's, I want my shirt to be up there. Yeah, as, as you walk out to the pitch uh, in the change rooms, there's like pictures of them, like basically, like when they uh, like first teams won the cup in the past, and pictures of different teams and stuff. It's just like got quotes in the dressing rooms and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, he's lucky as well, you know. He's got um, Siddle legend as Phillips as his coach. Yeah. Um, you know, he bleeds Siddle. You cut him in half, it says Siddle through the middle of him. You know, his passion for that club is absolutely immense. I'm not saying he's not the only one, but he has got such a passion, him and his wife. They'll do anything for that club. Mm. Um, you know, and his son, uh, shoulders, we call him. He, 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 he's going to be a good player. Yeah. He's, he's already six foot one. Now he's 14 and six foot one. He's massive. But he wow. plays. He can play. Yeah. He really can. Uh, it's like it's like you mentioned before. Like, obviously, you'd, your aspirations are to play for Super League and, and, and international. And, Halifax above all was obviously, <laughs> but even even if you don't necessarily do that, you you you're part of a institution where the first team wins national cups, they get to they get to challenge cup rounds and play against the big boys and that. And like I mentioned off air, the examples of people like Chester Butler, like Joe Martin, like um, Tom Garrett, who who who, who get that, that chance there. So you're definitely in the right place, Ryan, and and I'm sure. With your dad's guidance, you'll <laughs> you'll definitely go, go, go far. He raves about it. Not listen to him, just let him drive you there. What's in your car? But no, you, you'll. No, you'll going back. I think we can move on that, Joey. Actually, it's all about you know players harking back to the thing that we mentioned off air. Um, Scott Victor's testimonial shirt. Yeah, and he's done that to include Siddle. He's done it. It's blue and white. It is a Halifax in that. He's done it to be more like a Siddle shirt. They said that. He wants it to go back to his amateur route. Definitely. He's got the green into his Ireland connection. Um, I'm not quite sure how he's Irish, but I'm sure there's someone somewhere. <laughs> That'll be because they sell Guinness at Siddle. Could be that. <laughs> but uh, nah. it, and, and, that, and that's the thing where you, I'm glad that they do it because you don't, you don't play... Well, you don't play international rugby without playing for a club. You can't play for a club unless you play for an amateur or community club, as they're called now. And there is that natural progression there. So it's it's great that he's got that. And it's just, it's just very convenient that Blue and White Hoops are uh, Halifax colours oh. as well as Siddle there. You have to remember, though, the only reason Halifax wear blue and white is because they wanted to wear red and black, but the material costs too much. Yeah. True, Yorkshire fashion, 
someone <laughs> came home with blue and white. <laughs> very, um, very true. So, but it's no, it's it's good. It's a good connection. Definitely well, as well. Like us lads growing up around here, we're, we're so lucky that there are so many community clubs that you can get a game around here and everyone really cares about the game and the game's embedded in the town. Uh, when we were coming up, you know, if, you, if you're from somewhere, I don't know, down in the sticks and you've got to travel five hours just to play one game, you had the Halifax yeah. Cup, then you had the Yorkshire Cup, then you had the West Riding Cup, and then you had, you know, you had so many games and chances to play the game on here and improve. So I think that shouldn't be taken for granted. And maybe Siddle, at the minute, are the top performing, but I love the fact that we're in an area where there is a thriving amateur game at all levels. It's it's brilliant. Oh, see. definitely. You know, Siddle playing the top division for Yorkshire in the 14s, um, as do Edmund. So you've got two teams not very far apart, yet of a similar standard. Yeah. It can, um, it can only be good news for, for Halifax because, fair enough, you, you'll have your likes of Morgan Smithies and so we'll go to where you see the play clubs will get first pick there but the rest of them you could have your late developers like Chester Butlers for instance yeah. who who will find the way to Halifax so well, we, we mentioned that game that. we mentioned that game at Edinburgh they done the 16s versus New South Wales uh, country and seven players in the starting uh, Leeds team are from Siddle wow you know, that says something. And I think the rest the rest of that age group have having grew up Wigan and Warrington. So mm. but it's not just Siddle. It's fine sitting here talking about Siddle, but Ellen's yeah, yeah. you know, they all do really good work, like as I Greetland. There's plenty of clubs who are turning out good players. And they're all definitely out, like you, you mentioned clubs. They've got you know, they've got club legends, they've got people who believe for their clubs. And that's yeah. great. Jacob Fairbank came through, Ellen, so did a barber. Mm. Yeah. There you go, some good Ad, knowledge there, Ryan. Ads is Ad, an adopted son as well, isn't he, of Ellen, I'm sure. He, yeah, never played for them. Yeah, Ads coach under 14s last season, There's a very good link in terms of, like, Halifax and the local community. Like, like was on radio show last year, we got people from like likes of Greetland and, and Elland and Dillingworth and Ovenden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's it's great to have that. It's it's a hot hotbed of rugby is Halifax and um more like me shine on it. I'm glad that Siddle's finally getting the recognition that they deserve really and hopefully it's not too long. Like, I know Elland matched order a piece and Ellen is a is an Ellen lad and um, did a really good video that went along with that um, and hopefully the like Greetland and Illingworth and Ovenden and, and the like will we'll get the, the time in the sun as well um, let's move on slightly because we are all Halifax fans here and but we've got multi-generational things going on here um, Ryan I, I said before we even started I think mean, you've, you've been in an awful position to all support Halifax through rubbish however you remember the 2010 Grand Final what, what an introduction to <laughs> To rugby league support in life, get yeah, that, that game there. Um, what are your memories from, from there and, and, and supporting facts through your, your short life at the moment? Who, what were your highlights, favourite players, that sort of thing? Well, I used to like Ben Black. He used to mm. always like. Yeah, but you were bigger than him. You know, you were four years <laughs> old, but you were still bigger than him. It was like, you, could look, you were scared of Frank because you were huge, but then you were like eye to eye. <laughs> 
Um, I remember that grand final when uh, we obviously had to move stands and obviously stuff like that. And then uh, I remember just the uh, drop going, everyone just. I remember my grandma just saying to me, Don't go on the pitch or just, <laughs> just anything, just. Yeah, it was a good moment. I remember it all. Yeah. Great experience. Then I remember the uh, Northern Rail Cup final. Mm-hmm. I remember everyone celebrating at the front, and then, then since then it's only been Bolton, which has been main highlight really. Yeah. 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 Those 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 showpiece games are brilliant. As I say, even me and Rick to an extent, and and, and you brew growing up. We had some big games and stuff and big seasons, but we didn't have those kind of one-off showpiece games, really, until we dropped down and did go to like, the championship. I still think one of the best games I remember, um, that 2005, we played Cats away in the playoffs. Might have yeah. been a little bit away. Might have been 2007, I can't remember exactly. And 2005. Dave Lada scored and pulled it level really, really late in the day. And I think Cass just nipped us, obviously, as they got to the final and went back up. But we it really, was, um, you know, the plan was that we really did upset the, uh, you know... The, the, ask the Oracle, Drew. Ask the Oracle, watch. Uh, a ball boy against the uh, Leeds Rhinos, remember, in the uh, qualifiers. Yeah. Oh, in the super, super Middle Ages, yeah. What, what that like seemed like absolute superstars of the game, that close up? Yeah, it was, it was good, because... After the game was you like as you go like to opposite end you can just talk to him like whilst you're walking. Yeah. And picture so far because when we uh when Ashton um Sims used to play for Toronto, I, I just got a picture of him after. It's just it's nice that you can do that because we're all friendly and everything. Mm. Oh, if we played Toronto now, hey, give me ball boy. He'd be down the front of the he'd be down the front of the high middle around his neck. I'll be a ball boy, Sonny, Sonny Bill. <laughs> I, w- I would wear one and it say, Sonny Bill, can I have your shirt, shorts, socks, jock strap? <laughs> everywhere. Um, and babies as well. <laughs> yeah, right, right that leading twist and shout. You'd be down the front ball boy. <laughs> hey, Toronto loved twist and shout when we were over there. Um, but no, that, it's, it's, it's fantastic that we all know that rugby players are like inclusive in that. It's good, it's good to know that for ball, they do the same with ball boys as well. Ball boys and ball, boy girl, ball, ball girls. Right, mouthful there. Um, ball people. Ball, ball managers. Ball, ball persons. Ball return operatives. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, we'll, we'll have, have kind of a bit of a reminiscence, a bit of kind of choosing of stuff. Who, who Who's your all-time favourite Halifax player then, Ryan? Good question. I like Rob Lawrence, eh? Because mm. yeah. when he... When, I remember as a kid, I used to always have a picture of him or he sort of talked to him. And then when, when I was playing with Sheffield, I remember still having talked to him. He used to remember me. And when he came back a couple of years ago, I was still talking then. The thing with Rob is, though, right, for me, is one of them players, when he got the ball... You were excited because you knew what yeah. he could do. He didn't always do it, right? Which no. is why he played for us. He didn't play in Super League. Yeah? But when he got the ball, it was exciting because he knew if he got that gap, he was going to go. And he was always looking for the gap. We used to take the piss a bit, saying, "Oh, he always goes sideways." Yeah, he infuriated but, me when he heard that. But he would go sideways, and he found the gap. He would go, and you knew he could yeah. do it. And you know, one of one of my favourite players to watch in the past 15, 20 years is Shad Royston. 
because he did yeah. find the gap and he did score tries. You know, he scored 100 tries at club. And, it, you know, that's just, we haven't got a 30 try a season player anymore. No. I don't think they even exist anymore. So. No. Yeah, Royston's record's just daft, isn't it? Isn't it something like 132 tries in 134 games or something? It's a bit ridiculous, yeah. Really? No, um, but he was in the same team as Lawrence, so they were both scoring yeah. best part of 25 tries a season. Right, you're saying that, yeah. Don't you don't you play the same position as Rob? Yeah. So have you, have you obviously if he was your facts here growing up, have you modelled any of your game on his style of play, would you say? I mean he used to intercept it a lot. I I, I well, it Ryan always goes for the interception. <laughs> he, he can, he can <laughs> read the game. He, he gets yeah. yeah, he gets some, he goes. I've got um I've got That's a series like of photos. <laughs> I didn't catch it. I just went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brew, Brew, Brew was ridiculously quick, but he just never caught the ball. Yeah. Whereas, no, Ryan, he's, he's just got... But when he played football, he, say he, can, he can watch a game. He can, all, he can read the game really well. And he, his coaches say, you know, he's always looking for the interception. And if he gets it, he's gone. Because he, he is quick. Um, I've got to say, I've got a series of photos on my phone. I'm playing up at Elland. And it's literally when he took the ball, it's like a series of five photos, one, two, three, and you can just see him go. Mm. And he did it up at... Uh, are there any other players that you say you've, you've sort of modelled that on? Because interceptions are quite a good skill, but if you get it wrong, it can hurt your team, can't it? Any other players that you, you've seen do that that you think, yeah, I want, I want to emulate that? Well, Ferguson in the NRL, um, I've seen him like, with his skill and his uh, ability to... Like, like, because he can kick as well, like, because I've seen that try where he uh, just, where he gubber kicks it and runs around the, the defender and just puts it down. It's like, you can do that as well. You can just take it into the game. And yeah. We, right we all showed our age a bit then, because when you said kick the ball around the man and score, we all immediately thought Tommy Martin, didn't we, boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's part of the game you don't see anymore, you know. When was the last time you saw someone do a chip over and catch the ball and carry on? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I think last time I saw it. That did that amazing score ben, kick. That was the ben Black. amazing ben Black. league highlight. Ben Black did a chip and go, chipped it over the fence, caught it and scored against Lee years ago. Hobson were playing for Lee. That's how long ago it was. And I reckon it was pre-2010 because the, I'm sure the score cut stand in the south and the east stand was still getting built, which doesn't really narrow it down. That was about a 15-year period, wasn't it? But, mm. um, you, just don't see, you don't see it anymore. You don't see someone chip it over, catch, you know, chip and catch. It's, well, hopefully the younger generation, like the lads that Siddle are creating, will, will play with a bit more freedom. We're starting to see that from some of these younger lads. We mentioned off-air as well before, didn't we, about obviously the... Um, the pros that have come out of Siddle, another one's moved. I know it's general rugby league news, but um, Nile Levels has gone mm. from Salford to Cass. Annie, what do you make of that move? Good signing for Cass. Massive loss for Salford. Yeah. Um, I'm really surprised that Salford, well, he's, he's come out of Salford. I, I did, did do a lot to keep him, but especially after losing Jackson Hastings, you want to build your team around Evels. He's, like on, that, he's yeah. on the verge. He's on the verge of getting full England into honours and Great Britain. So if he carries on the way he's going and a good full-back, you need a good spine in your team. You need a good full-back, half-back, hooker. 
lose. And if for Salford to lose that, granted it could be at the end of a season, whatever season that we have, but it's a massive, massive loss. Yeah, I agree. Again, he's one of those X-Factor players that can make things happen. And I think someone put the video out of him. In fact, it might have been Aces that I saw retweeted of um, when Jordan Rankin broke away in the playoff game last year at Salford. Yes, and yes. And they'd have probably yeah. gone and won the game and he chased back and he tackled him in corner. Tried yeah, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, he covered some serious ground to get there as well, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So I think, yeah, think Carl Powell saw that and were like, oh, I'm having a bit of that if there's a chance. You know, it's the X-Factor player. You know, yeah. the few and far between. I don't believe we've got one, which isn't always a bad thing because you're not relying on one man. You know, we, we're a great team, Harry Factor, isn't it? Yeah. We have our focal points like Morel and, <laughs> and, and the like. Morel takes us around the pitch and that. But yeah, I completely get where you're going. And like, when in 2010, when, when, when you started watching Ryan, we were a good team, but we had our standout players. We had Black, Royston, Warrensey, um, Hinkovic. Patterson. Patterson, you know, yeah. Patterson was a great player. I think he yeah. didn't get the performance he deserved at the time because there were so many other good players in the team. Yeah, exactly. Not um, just to uh, get promoted. It's just the way... Because one week will be really good, next week will just be uh, just different. That's called being an Halifax fan, Ryan. You'll learn that. That's a theme, Ryan. <laughs> I've watched Halifax for like 30 years and it's always been like that. Inconsistent. We are consistently inconsistent. And that's the most frustrating thing. When we're bad, thing. we're bad. But when we're good, it's amazing. Oh, amazing. Are we a bleak heroes in general then, Ryan? So you said you like Rob Warrenstein and Ben Black. Who are we like in, in the world of rugby league, but who play against RL? Um, I've seen uh, like when I used, when I was younger, I used to like Kevin Seafield. Mm. I just like um, just the good players you like Rob Burrow. He's just a small, quick. He's just just want to look up to the good ones, really, don't you? And yeah. Well, they look up to everyone. Rob, Rob Burrow certainly looks up to everyone. He did. <laughs> but again, Ryan's lived through an age that hasn't got the, the names that we had. You know, we had Sean Long, Andy Farrell, Paul Schoolfoot, Lee Breers. You know, and that's only the back end of it. Going further back, you've got Martin, you know, you've got uh, Edwards, you've got a fire, you've got household names. But he hasn't got a household name anymore. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> The, the kind of union, like you, you Sonny Bills and Sam Burgess, yeah. they're the only reason why they're kind of known, really, isn't it? Yeah. We've got a minor celebrity in the team, haven't we? Our Who? Our Keegs. Ah, Keegan Hurst, yeah. Uh, no, Keegan Hurst, though. Keegan Hurst, though. Sky, Sky will follow him up. They need an answer to a story such as the Israel for our thing, right? Well, he's done some TV work. At, um, I think on a talk. Have you seen the? Is it Matt Garside on one of these? Do you remember when Garside played for? Is he's on one of these dating reality shows? Have you not seen? Oh, Keegan Hurst. I've seen it on Facebook. But Keegan Hurst, right, could be a huge asset to rugby league and professional sport. Yeah. Mm. But instead, it's oh, you know, Israel for our sign for Canada. Let's go on Keegan Hurst. See what he thinks. And but actually, right, he's a role model to a lot of people. And, um, you know, he's a bloody good player as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's, he's not kind... It seems a very cynical way of putting it, but he's not really capitalised on the traction that he got from from, from coming out. So like, you look yeah. at likes of Gareth Thomas, who's made, who's made a really, really good impact on that. But again, time might... Like, he's, 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 he's just started being a personal trainer and Nick Egan Hurst, and obviously he's got a commitment with IFAX as well. So it's, it's a difficult one, but he's... Yeah, you're absolutely right. What you're saying, Rick, is a is a. I mean, one a big one of the point as well about um, you're saying that Ryan's era hasn't had the names, the stars. Well, you've just named he's just named a Golden Boot winner and a multi Grand Final winner. So maybe they're not. We won't put them up against Edwards and all this sort of stuff. But looking back, we'll then go. Hang on a minute. He Rob Burrow won. I mean, how many six Grand Finals or something? Five Grand Finals. Yeah. For however many, you know, and, and I think the thing with Rob Bowler, right, which I like, is he's always going to end up being the player that he was. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a terrible disease, his life's going to be limited, but people aren't going to remember him for having a new disease. They're going to remember well, Rob Bowler for being the absolute hard as nails, you know, dynamite player. Mm. That's what, in 10 years' time, people will say, Rob Bowler, you won't know like that do. Who got ill? You'll say no. Rob Ball was that little man who played for Leeds and that one of the yeah. It's like yeah. It's like when you think of someone like Georgie Best in football, people just think, oh, he's, he's just a drunk who wastes his time. They're not going to say he's a he's a brilliant Man United football. They, they will always be that other side to him. Rob Burrow, yes, it's awful what's going on with him, and I hope he gets the cure that he deserves and stuff. But mm. you think of Rob Burrow, and you only think of. Little man who fought above his weight and think about that trying in that right. final where he goes yeah. straight through the middle, don't you, and scores under. I, mean, I, I think I said, to, does anyone else in rugby do a scampering run? So whenever Rob Buller got the ball right and set off, Steve Ball, he done a scampering run. He didn't yeah. say that anybody else, right? And that's just Rob Buller. He was a great player to watch. Mm. There's only two players that that I've known in that in, in during his time would who do that. Daryl Clark. And then the other one was Penky. Yeah. Penky used to destroy things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, you were heading with me. You, you know, we used to go on a Friday night and we used to get free tickets. When Ron yeah. Ball was about 17 and got man at match. And they couldn't give him beer in bar after the game. It wasn't Burrow. It was someone else. I know we met Rob Burrow. Yeah. Someone else, someone who just broke into the team. I know exactly who you mean. Oh, I can't and remember. It, yeah, brother's the one that broke into Lee's team at really young. Possibly. I'm sure he got my yeah, possibly. Back this will be about. This will be 18 years ago now. I can't. I can't. Yeah, it'll be about 2002, 2003. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But yeah, I always remember Robin. Yeah, <laughs> it you, you know he's small. You know he's yeah. small when you watch him on telly, but when you actually meet him, it's just genuinely like. <laughs> Not a player. Definitely, yeah. Um, well, that was a nice little reminisce. Um, hopefully, we've got a game to, 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 to go into in these next few months. You know, there's been a meeting today in terms of how to move the game forward. Um, well, that's another topic for another day. Um, thank you very much for coming on YouTube. I know we've, we've tried to, to do stuff with, with, with this podcast in terms of physically and stuff, but. Um, Yes, life, life and lockdowns got in the way. But again, thank you very much for coming on, Ryan. All the very best in your own career, mm-hmm. and when you, when you do make it big, and also please, you know who I am. 
get me in with Sky Sports and <laughs> exclusive rights for interviews and all that stuff and get Ricky Joe as a producer. You're not, and all. You're, not, you're, not, you're not pretty enough to do um, pitch side interviews. We've got that. I'll, Is it Jenna Brooks now? <laughs> I'll be the one behind the, the camera. I'm not, I'm not I'm, good on these sort of things. I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not leaving without saying one controversial thing, right? Jenna Go Brooks on. looks like Angela Powers with a Snapchat photo. <laughs> just my opinion, just my opinion, <laughs> but it just looks like someone's turned the filter on. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I was just going to say a really heartfelt thing about you know this show's proved one thing. You, you know you should support your grassroots clubs and the community games, the spirit of it. But let's just leave it on what Bruce said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and then and to. And just to say, I don't, I don't share that point of view at all. Jenna Brooks is absolutely lovely, as are all the Sky team. I didn't say she wasn't. <laughs> and just like that, Brew's got another band coming. Yeah. Why's my Sky subscription just stopped? <laughs> I wish it would. It cost me a fortune. <laughs> Anyways, thank you very much for coming on. We'd love to have you on in the near future. Uh, Rick, as always, thank you very much for all you do and for myself. Yep. Adios, amigos. Yeah, bye bye. 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 bye.